And what's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode, I believe it's 18. Uh, it is 18. Oh, we almost legal? Okay. But uh, welcome to All About Millennials. For those that don't know, my name is Donez, and I am joined today, as always, by my co-host, Kayla Maurer. What's up, girl? What is up? Oh, my gosh. Do we have a fun episode? I think this is more the episode that you've been... One of those things she got hyped, you got hyped up over it, and we're going to get into that in a minute because it's almost a musically inclined episode and a musically inclined review. But yeah, for the musically inclined inclined host, wow, can't speak, don't know how to use words. Musically inclined. Yep. And but before we hop into that, of course we gotta. Say rest in peace, John Lewis, Regis Philbin, and everybody else over the last week. Like it's just been a weird one as an African American and an African American host on my end. And I don't know how you've been feeling, Kayla, with everything that's been going on. Regis especially is just uh, I don't think I've kind of come to terms yet because obviously he's been getting old. He's not on so much stuff, but he is such like an anchor in in hosting for we, so many years as 90s babies and millennials you cannot say you did not grow up on regis philbin because yeah. who wants to be a millionaire was everywhere yeah and regis and kelly that was the and, 2000s well i uh, yeah i mean we all grew up like from one end to the other oh yeah through it all so it's he's such an inspiration and then John Lewis, of course, civil rights activist throughout the 60s and 70s. And yeah, a lot of values that I feel and have gone through have gone from everything he's done and I'm grateful for it. And, but we're going to move past that. And I brought the, the Regis up because of the whole Nick Cannon discussion from last week. But yeah, shall we get into, I know you're like inside just, can you shut up and just get to the, the topic of discussion? Because I am ready to just talk about this movie. I mean, I'm not telling you to do that, but I'm ready. I'm I can ready. tell just by your posture, you are ready to I'm talk on I'm sitting like a, a queen right now. I oh. found a new spot to record. I'm like, why don't we use this bedroom for something? It's empty. Oh my so, gosh. I can't wait. Might you. be the new spot. But the reason <laughs> she's high, I'm okay, but I'm still going to look at it objectively, is, and she's hubbed it up, we're going to be reviewing the three-hour musical movie on Disney. Two hours and 40 minutes. (laughs) My Disney Plus said three, close, like 250, but in credit scenes and all that jazz. I looked at TRT, and it is the movie Hamilton. I'm so, I'm so ready, but I kind of want, I want to hear your side because you messaged me when we were, you know, thinking of the next thing to talk about and you're like, why don't we review Hamilton? And I was like, duh, like I'm in. So, so I want to, I want to hear what, what sparked your interest in it. So my whole thing, and I was thinking about what interests for right now, 
because there's not too much other than the fact sports are slowly but surely coming back. But how long, depending on how smart people are going to be, if they're going to just be in cluster bubbles or if there's going to be anything at all. And I don't know if it's going to be open or separate. But with that being said, because there's not really much still going on right now, I thought like, hey, why don't we just review just classic things that both Kayla and I are going like enjoyed or just things that are still active from one that Kayla's highly interested in to one that I'm highly interested in next week, which I've got a couple contacts that I can easily get in touch with right now. And one that's probably going to be mad at me when I talk to him later. (laughs) But with Hamilton, I know for me, I grew up a choir kid. I grew up a choir boy, loved musicals. And heck, I was a Glee kid, so R.I.P. Naya as well. Yeah. And then... Gosh, we've been through a lot in the last couple of weeks. Um, 2020's been a cluster. I'm not going to say the other word because I am not trying to have to censor right now. But... but uh, yeah, continue. Yeah, but in turn, it's just been like, okay. And I wanted to give... Hamilton a shot because I know that's like the musical. Ha ha, was that a pun? I'm We're just gonna get. I'm gonna. I'm gonna you said touch you're on. You're going to give Hamilton a shot. I'm going to touch on that in a second. Okay. But and that's one of my cons actually. But with that, it's just more so. Like, you go from watching Singing in the Rain and almost turning you off a genre that you grew up loving. Because I was the type that grew up on the Usher Caught Up series. Carmen, the Beyonce-like musical. And, like I said, Glee. Trapping the drive through the word out. I'm not going to say the other one, where the what it's a parody of, because I'm not going to glorify that. But, yeah, it's like, you grow up with music and acapella-based stuff, and then one movie because it just was like that jarring and you really couldn't follow the story of it. Is that how you felt with Hamilton? You couldn't follow the story? No, I'm getting, I'm going to get to Hamilton and this is where I come from. Oh, okay. Uh, Are you I'm talking, talking about, about singing in the rain? Bingo. Okay. You couldn't Bingo. follow it. Okay. You knew, you knew it was, had to be one of those two. When I, yeah, well, yeah, I'm just trying to follow. Yeah, so, so... But definitely musicals can get, like, convoluted, I guess, with all the all the songs and everything going on and the storyline interweaved. I could totally see that. Yeah, and I think the fact of the matter is, too, like, one song can throw you totally left field, and then you're like, wait, what? For about the other two hours. So it's like... You have to go in and out of a story narrative. Have to find that right balance of story narrative mm-hmm. to music to really understand what was going on. That's why I gravitated a lot toward Glee growing up, mm-hmm. and why I didn't care that much for um, Singing in the Rain to where it almost wrecked the genre for me. Because I'm like, 
is this what all classic musicals are like? Well, a lot of them are kind of in that style. But, I mean, there are so so many, gosh, words today. So many musicals that you can find all different kinds of styles. And I think we're going to get into how, I'm going to get into how Lin-Manuel Miranda totally changed our ideas of at least the storyline of of a musical and how it and how it's portrayed and another point i do agree and honestly that's why i wanted to have someone that knew nothing or was just trying to get back into musicals from my end that was completely blind and didn't know nothing to somebody that is a i wouldn't say what would you classify yourself when it comes to hamilton I mean, I, I love musicals. I grew up with them. I did them when I was little, and I chose not to go that route. I chose to go more uh, TV, film, media-based, but I mean, I love musicals. I, I love but them. But I'm saying Hamilton as a standalone. Would you say you're a diehard fan, or is it just like Oh, I would. I I know people who are more fans than me, but I appreciate a well done musical, and I I'm not going to say I listened to the soundtrack a thousand times before I saw it. I did that with Wicked. Didn't do that so much with Hamilton, but I did quite a bit. And even my friends were into the mixtape from Hamilton. Uh, which actually they played in the credits on Disney Plus, um, but so I get okay. I I guess I'm kind of a fan. So yes. What was the question? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you basically answered it. So yeah. <laughs> but then again, it's like you came from it from a personal perspective of being a fan. I was thinking from the the fact your eyes just lit up when the week it got put on Disney Plus, because there are a lot of people that had that same reaction. I thought it was going to be like mega fan. I'm just like, that was me when Proud Family got put on Disney Plus. Oh my God. Yeah. First of all, yes, I already watched some of that. Second of all, (laughs) second of all, no, I, I mean, I, I love it. It, I'm going to get into it myself. I wanted you to start because I could ramble on forever. Well, I kind of want to start this discussion, and this is how we're going to tailor the next few ones, because next week will probably be, and it'll be a wrestling-ish one for me next week, based off of, like, just the quarantine era of pro wrestling review. But with this week, and how I wanted to structure these, was the individual that knew more going in and from the insider perspective and then get the outsider perspective and then wrap it, you know? Yeah. So So. you mean like from a performer's perspective and from an audience perspective afterwards? I would say from the one who had prior one knowledge, but also had prior viewing viewership. Gotcha. Okay. Prior interest, I should say. Gotcha. Versus the one that was just like, yeah. Well, okay, yeah. So because I guess this was like my first time actually watch 
I guess what I I guess what I want to know from you is was it easy for you to follow the storyline because for me as a performer for me as a viewer sometimes I even had trouble um, following all of the characters at once of course from you know you throughout it there's a lot of details at once I could totally get how people could miss it and yeah and then um but overall it was so impactful that you do remember what is going on and the characters are weaved through very well that and honestly and I'll get that to that as one of my pros but they knew when to go acapella no background music and just have it feel more like a conversation versus a song yeah in the more intense moments to where I was just like okay now I'm really drawn into what's going on right and even the intro I'm like okay this is the antagonist that introduced Hamilton introduced your antagonist the mofo that shot him yeah so we know who to pay attention to throughout the entire story and I was just like okay that's how you draw me in I don't care if it's like one or two songs I'm like this felt so good yeah I I agree with that I I think that the screenplay was just I I don't is it stage play the yeah it's more of a stage yeah I actually don't know what that's called but it was written so well um (laughs) <laughs> that's that's what I mean like I, I went in such a, a different direction that I can't even keep up with the Broadway stuff but um but no but I do know music and you made a very good point where it was almost those silent moments that were so much more intense and it was I can't stop saying it, it was so well done yeah and I and I'm gonna booking and referencing in the rain for me just because that's the one that I saw that and same somewhat with glee too but those are the ones I go off of when I'm like trying to reference and what it kind of turned off me turned me off from musical films mm-hmm. was more so like just staying 100 miles an hour one song ends another begins and you're like not following and not even you're kind of introduced to the characters. You're kind of not. Right. So it's like. It happens fast in a yeah. song. Because a song is typically three minutes, which is like a scene. But yeah, it's really easy to miss for sure. Yeah. So that's but, why I was like, I enjoyed Hamilton because it did take that time just to breathe and let the yeah. story develop. And then I do think more from an actual film versus a screenplay a stage play that really did help like identify okay this is kind of that book in take a breath and not just click 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 right yeah well speaking of the characters i loved the way they casted the characters i loved it um you want to be able to see that in like 10, 15 years ago, honestly, it's almost like, if you don't see it now, it's like, frowned upon. Or at least what do it you should mean? Be. 
the level of diversity in that cast. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So diverse, so diverse. And everybody had such, they were picked to the perfect character. Um, obviously Alexander Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda is, he's the guy that made this happen. Um, he was the perfect person for Hamilton. I don't know what, even the most hated characters were loved. That's when you know that you saw something worth watching because you start feeling for everybody's side of things. And it's like, everybody had a different stance on something, especially because it was all political. So even like the King George character, which you're supposed to hate him because go America, you know, this is all about the American revolution and stuff like that. Like, his character was comical, but yet, right. like, like, uh, like almost like satirical. But it was so well done that it wasn't um, distasteful. Mm-hmm. It was, it was very well done. And what did you think of Thomas Jefferson? Man, he also, also Marquise Mark. I, I don't know if I'm saying this right. Marquise de Lafayette, Lafayette at the beginning of the play. I I got confused at first. Took me like halfway through Thomas Jefferson's first scene to realize like, oh, they put him in another character. Yeah. The same guy though. But what did you think of that guy? Because he was probably one of my favorites. Yeah, I think he, he was actually one of the ones I kind of gravitated toward. And I was just like, Wow. Yeah, I think he had a very dynamic, like, personality. And um, what I always think about is, like, what I'm trying to improve and be conscious of is how I present myself either on stage or on camera. And every little, like, movement that I'm doing, every reaction that I'm doing. And I feel like he was spot on just the whole time. Oh, yeah, and, like, just his personality, you could tell, was shining through the character, too, so I was like, oh, okay, this how we doing it? Sweet. <laughs> and even then, of course, okay, I, I want to I get through these characters, because I want to get to the characters that I really, really kind of focused on towards the end of the play. Eliza Hamilton, Philippa Sue, oh my gosh amazing voice powerful oh my gosh yes i mean amazing just amazing and not to get off topic but she i believe is in in the heights right and that's also lin-manuel miranda's work and so i think that they've just found such a like you said like a diverse cast and also like a just a powerful cast. Amazing. And uh, I will say this. Mm-hmm. Leslie Odom Jr. And I yeah. know this is going to get into my cons at some point. But oh my gosh. I've followed his work since freaking Har- not even Harriet. It was like from some of his sitcom work with CSI Miami. I'm yeah. Like, I was geez. I was going to say I don't know what else he's been in, but I yeah, like, a lot the of stuff. The whole time, I'm was, like, where have I seen him? 
early 2000s stuff and you're like wow this man and i'll say it right now and this is one of my biggest cons when it comes to a lot more modern films that happened to me in black panther 2 mm-hmm. and i'm saying the first black panther even though two as was probably gonna work pre-quarantine but we don't know but um when it comes to a lot of movies that are out right now why do i feel like more empathy as a viewer for the antagonist the one i'm supposed to hate because obviously leslie was playing aaron burr the one that shot hamilton it's like, because it's because they did such a good job at the character development. Yeah. That's why. I mean, that's what I'm trying to say is like he did such a fantastic job, but they also So basically, I just watched the end of the play again before we shot this and I'm bawling my eyes out, which I'll get into, but um but basically the theme towards the end of the play is like everybody in history has a story and you never know who's going to live to tell the tale and you know the way that history is written is there's always two sides to a story and and so getting to see his side of the story not that he's in the right necessarily, but he is a person with a family too. Mm-hmm. So it's like you feel for that. And well, kill Monger, try to kill his family. Yeah, I mean it. I mean they're all trying to kill each other, which is like a whole. Uh, this is like the second half of our episode to talk about like the whole how people lived back then versus today, but. Well. I was going to get into a little bit deeper on my thoughts throughout this entire thing, second half, but yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. But oh but I gosh. just want to stick to like the, first of all, how they did the play before we get really deep into it. Oh but yeah, like. Renee Elise Goldsberry played Angelica Schuyler. The Schuyler sisters, amazing. Angelica was such a powerful person to have beside Eliza. Um, Not even going to get too much into the details of like what part she plays in it. I don't know. I don't want to ruin the whole story for everyone. But uh, she, I loved her. But who I really paid attention to towards the end was some of the ensemble people, some of the people who were supportive with their dance. And this is where you would care more. So the dancers, the dancers added so much depth to the story. And there was one girl and I wrote down her name as I watched the credits, Ariana DeBose. She's the one who is in the middle of Burr and Hamilton in the duel. Oh, yeah. And carries that whole... Oh, my God. She she carried that scene. I always feel for the people who carry the scene. And... Added, like, she was... I noticed her throughout the whole thing, but, but right at the last act, like, 
Like, she carried it. Yeah, and I think that just comes with the stage presence and knowing where your camera is. Because having that presence of mind to have, like, someone's eye get drawn more toward you, and I've told people this, like, just by looking at a piece of footage, where's your eye drawn to? Is it draw, drawn toward your main character? Or is it drawn toward your side character and your main character is getting drowned out by pretty much yeah. the Well, they're not getting drowned out, but she is one of those characters that's not the main character, but if you're if you're into this whole performance realm, then you understand how important those supporting characters are. It's like a background person. Without the background people, you're just going to have an empty restaurant and two people sitting at a table talking. You know? And you can frame it around that, but... Yeah. Yeah, but you just can't use wide angles. It, it, they used... It's like... Because the stage play didn't have CGI to work with, they used the people as the props as, as well as the background. And so it just rounded it all out and so basically I bawled for the last pretty much the last 30 minutes of the play so if you want to know how much it impacted me I literally cried like I had tissues next to me while I cried for the last 30 minutes of the play and for those listening to this Kayla's eyes do look a little red right now yeah, probably. Yeah, they yeah. do. So. No, it's allergies. No, but yeah, no, I was crying. No. Um, you could have just kept cavemen not said that, but okay. <laughs> but, yeah, like keep the momentum alive and just for me, like I did enjoy like the my biggest thing was like your color and your color palette was very key to this to really add to like okay here's your background and here's your principles and here are the ones that at the end of the day are seeing it right yeah no they did such a great job with the cast and with the diversity and putting everybody in such a a good light not like a physical light but just like almost highlighting and spotlighting them without yeah yeah. Shadowing away from what the true plot was, which was the death of Hamilton. Exactly. It was just all so well done. And we can go into the music aspect, but the way that they changed, like you said, someone coming from somewhat, somewhat of a choir background, but also kind of wishing that musicals were a little more modernized. I guess that's the best way to put it. Um, With their music choices, like Glee is more modernized. But Singing in the Rain is very much like the traditional 1920s to 1960s, like, musical sounds. And this play... Just putting it on Disney Plus gives people the chance to see how much Broadway has progressed through the years and what people are doing. Because you don't see Broadway unless you pay 
hundreds of dollars to go to the play. Exactly. You know? And this gave viewers a chance to experience that from anywhere. And the music relates to people nowadays, although it's telling the story of people 300 plus years ago. To me, and I know this is going to be a bit of a difference for you, but the music to me was a bit of a con. And was it? Yeah. And it's just more so, I'd rather, mainly because it's a historical piece. That's where I'm like, okay. If you're doing something or writing something that is based off a historical event, which this was, and you could tell, like the soundtrack has to reflect that the score has to reflect like that time period almost to the key especially when you're wanting right. that historical accuracy and well, granted was... i sorry continue sorry granted i liked the soundtrack for hamilton don't get me wrong however you have to respect the historical accuracy that was depicted in the over the film especially like my shot that sounded like it was straight up 2015. However, this was like, what, 1700s? Yeah. Like they were going to events in the 1700s. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind a score or like a soundtrack from that because you're keeping that historical accuracy instead of trying to modernize it just to fit the demographic or the time period that it's being right. displayed in. Which I think there are a lot of productions that are doing that, but they purposefully made the sounds modern. It was intentional. But there was, it was kind of, it was like a, an homage to the 1700s, I guess more so um, than like a period piece, so to speak. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think just for me, it kind of took me out a bit, you know? A little bit, yeah. Which yeah. is totally, I get where you're coming from. Out of the time period, because for me, I understood what was going on after, like, the second scene, and I was like, okay, I'm trying to be a little bit more immersed into it, but yet I'm getting more, like, 2000, 2010s R&B. I'm like, wait, what the? R&B and hip-hop I'm like wait what yeah so it kind of took me out of that moment and especially had you you listened to the soundtrack before no okay okay so I had only heard the soundtrack before watching it and 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 the mixtape is a lot of like 90s to 2000 sounds yeah Well, it has all of the top artists from the 90s to the 2000s. Yeah, I feel like that to me would take me kind of out of it just for like those key moments. Right. And I'm coming at it from a story perspective. Like if you're wanting to hook me with like the tension of like, oh, what are you doing? Or especially when burr and hamilton are going at it in the last few scenes like keep me in with that tension don't like kind of 
to deteriorate me from just with something modernized, like keep me in that time period, keep me immersed in that feel, that moment that's going on, mm-hmm. rather than just like pull me out with something that kind of to me doesn't fit. And this right. is just me from a story mode perspective, a story perspective. Why am I? Yeah, that's interesting that that actually took you out of it. In a lot of ways, I, the way that they did their dance, I felt like it was very, like, traditional as well. I don't know. They mixed it for me. They it's, mixed it really well. I'll say this. It wasn't the dancing that took me out. It was more so the song choice itself. Right. That took me out. So, I do think the song choice... And the score choice, if that was a bit better, I probably would have, like, really immersed myself into the entire thing a little bit more. But I do think, just before we dive into this a little more, because there is one very key thing that I really want to touch on, but we can do that after we take, give a word to our sponsors, you guys know this. Yo, and we are back with episode 18 of All About Millennials. It's been me and Kayla just talking and reviewing our different perspectives over the film and movie Hamilton. How you been, Kayla? How's this for you? I mean, I'm just kind of surprised that the score is what took you a little away from the enjoyment of the play. I... I think just for me and knowing I'm been so hyperactive and this is why I can't sit for like movies and stuff for more than two, three, like a couple hours just to, because needing to be active and kind of short attention spans and with these drawn out plots specifically, it's very common in Marvel now to where it's like, Keep me engaged. Keep me engaged. Yeah. Keep me engaged. We did have that conversation one week about Marvel. Yeah. Being long and drawn out. And that's where, like, Hamilton, to me, when I was, like, looking at it, and we were arguing over, first, had that, quote-unquote, disagreement over the length when I saw the total runtime. I'm like, what did I just get myself into? Yeah. <laughs> Because it's I knew, it is. like, one, it was going to already be hard because I already have, like, a short attention span, and that's just life and health issues. I can't, like, avoid that. And just the personality I am, like, needing to be active to stay mm-hmm. engaged, stay immersed in something. I totally feel that. Yeah, that's why you see church services, like, don't go over... 105 anymore and for and i'm talking 105 minutes not 105 hours for those listening oh, which because, is okay. one hour 45 minutes Thank that's a long much. service and that's like max 
Like most services go like an hour to 90 for churches, which is good, but it keeps you active, keeps you engaged. And then announcements, boom, get your communion, have that immersion. But then when, when it comes to the longer, it takes a lot more time to build. So it's like you get invested with the building, with the activity. So I'm like, man, I don't know what to think about it. And it's kind of hard. And then you add, like I was saying the first half, like mm-hmm. the untimely score. And when I say untimely, I don't mean like it was a bad thing or it was good. It was it was it good? Was it bad? No, I'm saying that in regards to like me and yes, my fans going on in the background for anybody listening and can hear that buzzing. I'm sorry, it is too cold. <laughs> it is too hot and I have like hat, just hot construction going on in my area and I'd rather stay chilled and and not burn No up. worries, no worries. Yeah. So with this, it's more over just understanding like the cultural significance. If you're gonna keep me invested in that, keep me like keep me engaged, keep me involved in like that's why you see a, a lot of action movies. And I think even the Power Rangers movie that I crap on, it kept me engaged for the entire like hour and a half that it was. And I was like, wait, what? That didn't feel like nothing at all. But what? then when you have these films, these plays that take a while to build, take mm-hmm. a while to have their crescendos. And when you have this spurt of action, you're already out of it on top of just like the little elements that take you me anyway out of the time period it kind of gets to you you know yeah I mean I feel that I feel that and I feel like a lot of the people that wanted to watch it's hard to watch a stage play on video too it's hard to watch a live performance on video but the producers did a fantastic job. I'm, I I actually took a note of the producers at the end um, because it's very hard to keep someone engaged when you're not watching it live. Like the people clapping at the end of every scene or or major spot in the in the play, they feel it. They feel the energy. They hear the live music around them. You know, it's different when you're sitting at home. It's totally different experience and so I I get that like when it's three hours long it's a little hard to follow but at the same time if you're a three-act play I understand what three-act play I understand yeah uh, and and Uh, typically what happens and it did happen in the in the film is there's an intermission there's a chance for you to get up shake around and then go back to it and then it builds builds to the end so for a play it's definitely a different um a different like energy requirement from you and and watching it at home is different it's definitely a different experience for me i have been to like i've been to wicked 
I've been to live performances or I've been in live performances where you get the energy from the crowd and you get the energy from the people on stage and you get the energy from like the lights shining on you and the people playing music. And so I think I am more empathetic towards that and I feel it more when I watch it more so than someone who, so I think you would have to have been a fan of the live play having seen it, or you would have had to been a fan of the soundtrack having listened to it before watching it on camera. Yeah, I think. I think that's where the excitement came from me. Yeah. And I wanted to go into this and this is one of my personal takes when it comes to soundtracks, especially like film game soundtracks, which I do take somewhat serious, but then I also ignore as well because game soundtracks are a bit different, but film soundtracks, they can easily spoil a film and give spoilers. So I don't even, in musicals, oh my gosh, I didn't even touch the Aladdin soundtrack for the live action one that was last year until like I went to go see the movie. And I think I didn't go see the movie for like two weeks when it was out. Right. And I'm like, oh, I want to hear the new version of a friend, li- not just a friend like me, but one jump ahead. I wanted to hear the updated version of that so bad, but I didn't want to. Right. I get so I much. Agree. I agree. And I'll give an example of a soundtrack that kind of ruined it for me was the new Beauty and the Beast. And I love, I, I love Emma Watson, but I did not love even the first five minutes of the film. It, yeah. The first, the first song put I chose. I you know me, like I love Disney and I love musicals, and I hate to say that, but that that was a time where I I hear what you're saying. Um, also, I think that movie wrecked. I mean, the, a lot of the entire life. Like, for a lot of people, I feel like that movie wrecked the live-action films. Because I heard, at least in my circles out in SoCal, like, a lot of people had mixed feelings about it. I didn't like it. And still to this day, I say I don't like it, and I haven't given it a second chance, but I just don't like it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Because of the musicality. And I hate to say that, because I love the people. And I love... Disney and I love the story but I I was in Beauty and the Beast also so maybe I don't know I was like 12. You do have the you do have the hair for Belle. Maybe well I wasn't Belle I was not Belle I was a silly girl I was an ensemble character I was probably five different things I was a spoon I was probably a village person I was not my whole not my movie yeah, not that one. Um, but no, I was I was not the main character. But I think just appreciating it, appreciating the story, and then not liking what they did with the music choices kind of threw me off, and I didn't get to enjoy the rest of the film. But anyway, we're not talking about Beauty and the Beast. Or yeah, Aladdin. I think we got off track. Point. Not even off track. It was just to summarize, like where I was coming from. Yeah. When it comes to like 
everybody wants to get the because that's what I hate when the soundtrack comes out before the film because the well, soundtrack's so good and you don't bite you feed into the temptation to listen to the soundtrack before you watch the film well, and then I've you get been, spoiled. I've been listening to the soundtrack since 2017. So when did you go see the Hamilton one or the Beauty and the Beast one? I didn't see Hamilton live because I couldn't afford it. And I was not available. But I was up here. I was up here when they had the cast playing in Broadway. Up here as in New York or in New here? York. I was okay. I was in New York, but give but context to your everybody. To but your it's, fans. it's been it's been around for a few years and with a Broadway play there's no guarantee that they're going to put it in a film like that's that's how people that watch broadway plays appreciate the music as they listen to the soundtrack and so it's like wicked still not a movie you know but a lot of people just listen to the soundtrack or mama mia wasn't a movie for a long time but people eventually you know saw the movie but the soundtrack well, the soundtrack was ABBA songs, so they already knew them. So that's not a good example. But but for most for the most part, like if I listen to a playlist of Broadway musicals, I guarantee I'm not going to see any of those live. And there's a large chance that they're not a movie; they're just a play. So you kind of have to follow it. It's like a whole different experience. Like you have to fall in love with the audio aspect of it, which is hard sometimes, especially for you. It would be hard for you to fall in love with a soundtrack if you're trying to follow a story about 1700s and you're hearing rap, then you would be like, why do I want to listen to this? But then you see the play and you're like, okay, I kind of get why they did it. But also I wouldn't listen to the soundtrack. Like I totally get that. Don't get me wrong, I probably would listen to the soundtrack, like, standalone. However, like, immersing in the two. Because I've roomed with people that got taken out of movies that got... Like, when they saw Ready Player One after reading the book, they were upset at the movie over licensing issues. And I think oh. I've had said this on here. The licensing issues... That came with a movie and a project like Ready Player One were all there, and there were some references that were not 80s and 90s. Took them out. So, it, but it was different than the book, even though the book came out first. You know, so they read the books, immersed in that aspect of the film. But once the movie came out, it was shorter, more appealing to the moviegoer. But everybody that read the story was taken out of it. Take even Harry Potter. Those books can get dark. Yeah. Real dark at points. Oh, yeah. I love but it. I've seen a couple of reviews over the books, and those are dark. That should be rated R. But what's the writing usually for Harry Potter? PG-13 or PG? PG-13. PG because of, there's so many, there's so many of them. That yeah. most of them are PG thirteen. Yeah. But yeah. Borderline. I feel like towards the end it could have been borderline. No, yeah. they never. I don't think they really. Maybe. Nah. 
No, PG-13. I was going to say maybe gore-wise, but I don't think they yeah. crossed any boundaries. Yeah, but it could have gotten a lot darker in the films. It could have, for sure. But it kept it friendly for all. And so, like, that aspect took, like, for those that read those books before they watched the movie, could have very well taken them out. However, and just like I did with the Harry Potter marathon a few years ago, I approached that the same way I did this. Didn't touch any of the physical content that was out there before watching the film so I can gain an understanding and an appreciation for the film first and then dive in and fill in the blanks with either the soundtrack, the books, or anything else, you know? Yeah. And that's where I'm looking forward, that's what I'm looking forward to with Hamilton down the line, but it's just weird for me to dive into that. Now, what we're, and I know we're approaching, oh, weirdly, and I don't know why, this is such a crazy time, but we're coming up on that hour, so any last, like, over-observations on the film? I I think that we came to the conclusion that I liked it a lot more than you did, but I mean, both of us agree it was so, so well done, just um, from putting it onto a streaming platform, to the diversity of the cast, to just the storyline itself. Um, fantastic job and I know a lot of people have reviewed this already we haven't had a chance to but I'm so excited for like, out of five what would you give it oh it's a five I'd give it a five yeah I'd say I told you I cried for 30 minutes so okay I'd say about a three five three point five for me three point five there we go that's fair I mean I for a first-time viewer, like, yeah. I and have as you said, known like about play, it for three years. Yeah. So for the live action to be a little bit different on film versus in-house, which in-house is totally different. I've been yeah. to a few plays and a few opera houses, and you feel it. Like you just feel your it. Your body, like, becomes alive. Whether you're on the stage or you're in the crowd, you're feeling the intensity of the story and just connecting to the audience and, and stuff like that. And it's, uh, for me, not being able to go to the actual play, I, I loved it. I loved being able to see it. Well, bad news for you. Welcome to 2020. Yeah, yeah, I know. Things are gonna be a little different now. <laughs> yeah, a little, like there's about to Things be. Things are different now. <laughs> they're not about to be mass gatherings that size. Like, you'll probably get like half, one yeah. ba balcony half full, and that's probably gonna be all the capacity they could take just to fit the entire orchestra and everybody on stage. Yeah, that's so true. You know. And this is not me joking trying to be funny this is like no, the honest to god truth we are so fortunate that we got to see that with a given, yeah given given the circumstances of today we are so lucky that we got to see it yeah in some shape or form 
the way that it should have been presented. Yeah. So I'm grateful for what it was five years ago. And the next week, I'm going to bring on not just get a hold of Trico, but also another mutual friend and kind of just touch on something that has been going on since the start of the pandemic and continued and just rap about it. I'll give Kayla a couple shows to catch up on just to get that general feel of what 2020 has done to everybody in these quote unquote empty arena sports shows that are some wrestling. I might send a couple NBA clips. I don't know since the NBA started their training to get back on the court this week. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I will uh, see you guys later. Don't forget to follow at what Kayla? Follow all about millennials podcast on Instagram. I'm talking about you personally. Oh, your website plugging us all underscore am podcast on Instagram. We are on Spotify. We are on anchor. We are we'll check out our anchor. First of all, here's the thing about anchor. And this is what I've learned for the two episodes that I've gotten to see what the editing is like is we actually need your help in order to monetize our podcast and you're able to donate to our anchor so that we can continue to grow this so please check out anchor.fm and check out our youtube if you want the video aspect but more importantly check out our anchor and if you can't find our anchor then you can go to our instagram to find our anchor on the link in our bio all underscore and podcast baby on instagram and honestly i'm debating right now since i have a little bit more accessibility and i'm starting to get back into that that game of making a twitter for us stay tuned on that but that was not the one i wanted you to pub though there's a certain website else that you started up that i was like thinking she was gonna pub but i guess she she thinks she ain't relevant anymore. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, we can plug ourselves up now. <laughs> <laughs> then plug yourself. You first, ladies. So, well, guys, I have a website now for all of my projects, and it's kaylamauer.com, K-A-E-H-L-A-M-A-U-R-E-R.com, and click on the contact button, put your email in, subscribe. I'm going to be giving updates on what I'm doing uh, once I formulate how to do that. But I do have my website up so you can check out what I've been up to and I'm I'm definitely updating everything right now going into the fall season. Uh, what about you, Donna's plug? Plug your, tw- plug your um, gaming. Well, it's very simple for basically my Twitter, my Facebook, my Facebook gaming, my Instagram, just about everything at D K E Y, the number four R E A L D K for real, basically everywhere. And my tree is going to be in the description, but Hey, it's the same, like, whatever.com backslash dkey for real and i've been trying to get there and just get my stuff organized like the one thing i'm working on right now 
other than just getting my streams on a consistent schedule now that I am feeling a hundred percent better. No, let me rephrase it. 80. And it wasn't like anything Corona oriented or I'd still be messed up and it'd be a respiratory thing. It was more so just like the way I was sleeping on my joints and not being able to stretch for like four months being cooped up inside the house. That's what it was. Because like muscle stiffness is pretty much like taken care of and a case of the BGs. Wow. Because like I woke up one day and like uh, I felt like I wanted to just like uh, it was like cringing and I think a couple of my roommates noticed for like a week and a half I was in serious like pain and running around the hospital with diarrhea like it was not pretty not a sight to see or smell that was good but I'm feeling 100% now and going to be starting very soon stream i'm streaming now wwe 2k 20s i'm finishing that up that career mode up starting mid-august as soon as i finish up wwe 2k 20s career mode which i'm halfway through with i'm going to finish up the and do the ufc 4 career mode since i pre-ordered the sucker i'm gonna leave it to a poll that week, you guys want me to do with Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury. Just make that choice. I'll start that career mode mid-August, mid to late August. And then September to the rest of the year, just know there's going to be a lot of NBA 2K21. And there might be, just because I have spent, dropped the 100, there may be a steel box opening and reveal on the Facebook gaming page with the adult, the Kobe 8 jersey, not the 24 jersey, which eight, the that era Kobe on the Lakers does have a special place for me. But until then, don't forget to hit that like button on YouTube. Don't forget to hit the follow button on Spotify, on Anchor, on Google Podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe as well. Till then, we love you all. TTFA. Bye.